When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, dude? Dude, I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> what episode is this? Episode eight. Welcome eight. to episode eight. We didn't think this one was going to exist. No. I'm supposed to be in Florence right Yeah. Now. So, <laughs> Charlie, when you left on Monday, yeah. your itinerary said, returning July 5th. It's it is June. June 30th. <laughs> Explain to me why you're on this couch and not in Florence, Italy. It's about efficiency, man. <laughs> when a family loves each other, they're got... able to do a 10-day trip in just five. We got 10 days worth of love in five days. We were overloading on love. It was too much. Uh, there, Yes. Yeah, so uh, let's start at the beginning. I went to Italy. Yeah, with your mom, your dad, and your brother. The plan came because I had decided that family's important and i love them but i don't make a lot of time for them so mm-hmm. i was like we're gonna spend time together this it was a beautiful <laughs> it was a beautiful well-intentioned you, you were coming oh, off a personal development retreat yeah. you said i want to spend more time with mom and dad i'm gonna pay for a trip for everyone yeah. to go to italy and so we went, so to italy. went to italy we got there and immediately this isn't why we left but i get there and my parents have arrived before us my dad is in a brimmed hat fanny pack shirt he's got a messed up leg so he's got a cane and a like alan iverson thing on his arm but it's on his leg you yeah, know yeah. which <laughs> i respect like... this is exactly what i would look like <laughs> yeah, if i were going to italy yeah with like zinc on his nose Perfect. you know like that this, type of a this thing is, your dad and i are one i was like okay we're gonna blend in this is great we uh <laughs> we are definitely gonna be okay no one will even think to rob us <laughs> <laughs> we are not tourists. so but we we went around and it wasn't the first day i guess we had a day to hang out and then went to Pompeii and in Pompeii was when was the first time I was like this probably needs to end might have been around Pompeii we get in a bus it's a three-hour bus I had imagined one of the buses that comes out to Santa Monica which is those big long buses that have the tinted windows and maybe even a charger if you're lucky in Mm. your seat and it was one of those shorter little vans which if my leg couldn't fit like it is right now so you're, you're back in it it's bumpy the transmission is broken, so it's herky-jerky. I'm yeah, staring yeah. at the horizon, trying not to throw up yeah. but the piece of bread that I had this morning. Sounds like, sounds like the transportation in Costa Rica when we were there. Exactly. And I've done all of that before. We've done this. Yeah. And I'm going – and I've been to Rome. And it, I was like, why am I here? <laughs> it's going through my head. I flew – 13 hours to get here to sit on a van to sit on a van and if i were back home one i'd probably be asleep because of the time but i would have just taken a walk in beautiful weather today not to mention that it's 95 outside so that's the first time it dawns on me and i'm looking around the van and it's dawned on everybody but nobody (laughs) says it immediately (laughs) 
And we go to Pompeii, and my dad's got – Pompeii's awesome. I'll, talk, I'll tell you about it. But my dad's got a messed up leg, and not only is Europe cobblestone, but Pompeii got exploded 2,000 years right, ago. Right. So it's cobblestone that has exploded 2,000 years ago. And he's got a cane, and he's walking. He's not complaining. But I'm there with my family as this tour continues, and this is one of the common things that I saw on the tours. Whenever somebody asked a question, it was like school. And there was a palpable feeling that you had disappointed the rest of the class by making this drag on. <laughs> And I looked around the tour, and you don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. Who is excited about yeah, yeah. this? I felt it, like I kind of was. You got the vibe people are just doing it because they think they're supposed to because they're Yeah, in everybody, Rome. including myself, it's 95 and human, is running for shadows. They're barely looking at the things he's saying. If it can't be seen from a shadowy place, people aren't even looking at oh, the wow. thing. So it's it was an interesting tour, and I'm – of, I would say, the group, one of the people more interested in the history and reflective, but there were no questions. There was, it was, I got the sense that if the tour was supposed to be an hour and a half and it went an hour 45, people would have been upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, it was on to the next thing and, and I encountered that throughout. So that was when it dawned on me and then we came back and we talked. My dad's leg, he wasn't complaining, but was clearly not going to hold up. The second leg of the trip was us going to even smaller towns than Rome. And it was Cinque Terre was this last town, which apparently is beautiful. But the other thing is that I'm there in this place with my family. We're not talking. We're the tour guide Standing is talking. Still, yeah, yeah. The you're, tour guide is you're, talking. You're walking near it's, each other. It was like we went to a movie together and right. we were just near one another. And so when we did talk, it was not when we were in the streets because the streets of Rome are – the sidewalks are this – wide so you have to walk single file and the only times that we chatted were at lunch but more in the hotel room <laughs> <laughs> and i probably brought it up at the end of the first or second as this needs to be shorter yeah, <laughs> than yeah, it yeah. is for a hundred reasons one because my life in santa monica is awesome and it's not 95 and humid and i'm not on a little bus and if i care about pompeii i'll watch a documentary and I, I'm interested in all that. Quite frankly, I might be the only person to go back and watch a documentary on yeah, Pompeii. Yeah. But that was one thing. And Well, the internet does make traveling yeah. different, you know? Because yeah. there's still the idea that you live in Philadelphia, let's say, and it's cold because it's January, and you can make it to Bali or Hawaii, and it's warm and sit on the beach. You're like, yeah, that's a worthwhile vacation. Yeah. But to go, you can learn more about Pompeii by watching a YouTube video about Pompeii than yeah. b about going to it. So unless it's something you really, really think visually seeing it is the experience, mm -hmm. the internet has kind of killed yeah. <laughs> the need totally. to go there. Totally. And and I think there are reasons to go, which we can discuss. But as far as my family goes, my mom and dad were like, okay, we're going to stay through Florence. Florence is more manageable. And then before Cinque Terre, we're going to go home. And Henry and I just dipped after Rome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just came back. And when we decided we were going to leave – we played, I don't know who sings it. I just Googled Celebration. You know the song? <laughs> Celebration. Oh, yeah. You guys are so excited. <laughs> Everyone danced. We were so jacked up. We high-fived. We hugged. We made it. The Great Rome Escape. Everyone was so happy. Wow. <laughs> At least everyone, me and Henry, were just so excited to get back. There are so many people devastated right now because yeah. they think they would love and to everyone, go to Rome. And now I have to, now I have to backpedal because people are going to think, and it's true, it's the most first world of experiences. But I think there's a, there's a more interesting conversation to be had, which is around the value of, of travel. My experience is one where you and I have worked hard to not care about sunk costs. 
Mm-hmm. And when I spoke, I spoke to people on these tours. I spoke. There was a strong sense of I'm here, so I have to. Sure. Everyone seemed to feel like they were on a school trip. I talked to like, oh man, my room is really small, and the bus kind of in the heat is bad. But you know, we only have two more days, so my feet hurt. But are you enjoying this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, but are, is this fun for you in the moment? Well, sometimes people want to just say they've done things, and that was what the strong impression that I got. So we went to Trevi Fountain day one, packed, and you see selfie sticks and people. I saw a ton of people go to Trevi Fountain and not face the fountain. I'm not kidding. Walk in, clear out a little bit of space to take a selfie. Maybe have your friend or your boyfriend get you while you act like you can't see the camera. Very popular <laughs> shot. Very popular shot. And then leave. That was it. That was Trevi Fountain for their yeah. experience. That's weird because I vaguely remember I went 12 years ago. Trevi was I, cool. Yeah, I vaguely remember so cool. Trevi Fountain being really cool. Well, you know why we liked it? We were taking a stroll around. We were there with the, with the school trip. And we stumbled on it. And I remember oh, is that it, true? Yeah. I remember being floored. Yeah. When you make it your destination and Trevi is the goal, it's a very different experience because there's fountains in a lot of places. Sure, sure, sure. And you're, okay, this was the point of the trip. And it it's not living up to the cost and the time that, that have gone into it necessarily. But any, I came back in the morning. I woke up at – I was jet lagged. I woke up at 4 or 5 a.m. and it was getting bright, so I wanted to go to the fountain. So I walked to the fountain, got there. There were 25 people there. I've told you this. Looked around, and I wanted to count because I saw so many cameras and so many people that were not into the fountain. And I looked and counted. Of the 25, I would say one and a half were facing the fountain looking at it without a camera in their hand. Everyone else had was not facing because they were posing for a picture, or they were taking the photo, or they were wandering off, or they. they yeah, it that's was wild. just It was. I was shocked, dude. I noticed the same thing in Santa Monica actually because we talked about this. Henry and I went. We ate outside yesterday because it was mm-hmm. beautiful, and the sun was setting, and you can see the people standing by the bluffs on the ocean. Yeah. And so many people were looking at the sunset <laughs> through their phone. You know, like you could just see you see people yeah. doing this. <laughs> And what's what's crazy to me is because I've done that sometimes at sporting events or whatever, that removes you from the experience. Oh, of like, course. Instead of it being sunset you, sunset camera you, and you're looking at it through the camera and you're worried about what mm-hmm. it looks like, y- your first, your immediate enjoyment and presentness is just destroyed by that, by having that camera in the middle. Yeah. So I was reading about narcissism like on the plane ride over. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm interested in it. Just I'm interested. Fun. And I think narcissist sometimes has this evil connotation to it, but this makes the argument that narcissist is simply someone that is concerned first and foremost with identity. That it's as opposed to experience, as opposed to is narcissism relationship. supposed to be like a brain imbalance you're born with, or is that something that can just occur through nurture? So this particular person argues that it is the pathology of our age, which means that it can be culturally influenced so that we are pushed encouraged and it okay. becomes it becomes our operating system but it doesn't have to be that's the other thing because you're not born with it it doesn't have to continue. but narcissism isn't like oh that kid's skinning squirrels at age three like, no this that's psychopathy well. yeah okay but <laughs> yeah. i'm saying you're born with yes. that you're born with that you're that just one's like, horrible man yeah. they all knew all it's you have these parents of these serial killers yeah he was just a monster from, yeah. from the no, I, was listening to, I was listening to a podcast the other day hard tangent then we'll get back to Italy <laughs> but this guy got in a fight with his roommate he kicked his roommate out when his roommate left he decapitated his dog like purposely tied Jesus. it down and beheaded it 
And this isn't the first animal he's killed. Yeah. And he's going to go to jail for two years. What? Maybe five years. Like, you know uh, what I mean? It's not a, and it's, and you're like, all right, cool. This guy's 24. Yeah. He is already showing behavior like this. Like you, n- normal people don't decapitate dogs. He's going to go to prison. Yeah. And for five years, he's going to be in that soup kitchen of an environment. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be the ethos he picks up. And then he's going to come out at 29. <laughs> and <it'll> be okay. <laughs> Reformed. <be> fine. <laughs> so it's like, no, it's like, what do you do? This is, this is just the next yeah. murderer. It makes you wonder what the point of prison is. Because obviously with the laws that we have on the books are not as harsh for murdering an animal as they are for murdering a person. But we're not, clearly we're not doing predictive like, hey, this person not has that it should be. skinned alive seven squirrels while he was a child. Yeah. He's killed whatever three dogs it's not preventative it perceives it's gonna come out and kill humans yeah it seems it seems not preventative it seems based on retribution when you look at it that way because if he'd killed a person the family would have wanted blood and they'd put him in there for the rest of his life even if it was an accident even if we got to get him but if it's an animal and nobody's complaining hard tangent (laughs) that guy seems like he was born with a bad brain he's probably gonna murder people but Anyway, we'll check back on let's the talk about episode 700 we'll see how he's doing <laughs> hey ben that's so, right so narcissism and i don't mean it in anybody's an evil way but being perceived first and foremost with identity and a far distant is experience is exactly i was that's what i saw and felt throughout the trip and even my own desire to go was in a romantic oh, it's funny romantic right we yeah, were in yeah. rome it was this idea of what it would mean if we as a family went there not recognizing that in as long as i've known my family the things that my dad has had a messed up leg for years why am i not thinking (laughs) clearly uh the times that we spend together are talking that's what we do they're 60 and and getting older and my mom would like to ride a bike sure but do we need to ride 15 hours to do that my mom has never expressed an interest in history all that she wants to do is be next to her kids Mm -hmm. and chat with them and maybe ride a bike why did I go to Rome? Right. What am I thinking? And I saw so much of that. I saw so much. We have to be in Pompeii. We have to get through this tour. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> Let's get back on the bus and do the next thing that we have to do. And it came through in the conversations that we had. It was funny. We were in the Vatican, which is awesome, yeah. by the way. If you care about history. Or art. Or art. Vatican I don't th- is probably the best does museum anywhere, in the world. Anywhere on the planet? Can- you were in the I Louvre. Thought, I thought the Vatican and the Louvre were the two best museums I haven't in the been world. to the Louvre. I haven't been anywhere that scratches the Vatican. Yeah, yeah. I have been to the Louvre. But well, that's I've, what happens I've, when you conquer a bunch of countries and steal all their best stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> it's it's flooring. And people— it's, it's amazing in a morbid way. We run through it. So these these hallways that connect the Pope's winter home to his summer home because he wanted to— you know, <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> Which is the, the hypocrisy of— a rich man it is tougher for a rich man to get into the kingdom of god than for a camel yeah, to pass yeah. with the eye of a needle was just screaming well it's also interesting to me like when tragedies occur i don't really understand the vatican doesn't sell its art to help <laughs> you know what i mean like it has yeah. it has the school of athens right i was trying to the school value. of athens has got i don't be, know does it have this does it have it's the school not the of one that points up and down it's there yeah i didn't even one, see it dude, this time that's the one where one oh points to God. the sky and one points to the ground right yeah we saw it there when we were 19 i, dude, I think it's still there we sprinted and i didn't want to but we sprinted because the it's all about what other people say is good and they say the sistine chapel is the most important so we ran past things that i would have liked to hear dude, about we, talk we about stumbled upon the school that that was the coolest thing oh, i thought in the vatican you and i, I walked you're, by and you're reminding me oh look at that I th- was it but was my it point there is, though, it was somewhere in europe why I, maybe don't they sell that and get water to people who don't have clean water or like food or hurricane katrina yeah. or whatever like that painting has got to be worth a hundred million dollars yeah 
why is it sitting in the Vatican? Your job is to help the impoverished, right? To help people in poor conditions. I don't get I it. I don't think that's, I think they do some work. I think they, they, but yeah, I don't think that's how they view their mission. I think clearly, and I'll try to defend the Vatican, they see what they do as spanning hundreds of years and, the, and any human life just doesn't compare. Right. So that's why. Well, why do they tithe? What are they taking the 10% for? That's so they can take your money and give it to someone well, that's else. What I'm saying. <laughs> like, if you're going to tithe and you're going to own yeah, yeah. the school And of to be clear, the ch- and just so we're – the church does good things. But, yeah, I uh, at very little financial sacrifice to the church I was itself. just confused when yeah. I was walking through. I was like, And Wait. I'm talking about the church with a capital C. I'm not talking about your church in your hometown if you're watching. Oh, I have I no idea what you do. I literally was just confused by the Vatican. Yes. So was like, it was – <laughs> It was frustrating. There's, there's things made of solid gold yeah. that are here. I yeah. think there was a gold floor. In the background. Nobody like, cares. Yeah. It's, Why don't we sell this gold, replace it with wood? And, yeah. I don't know. I'd be curious. I'd love, to, I'd love to get a historian and a religious historian on to talk about this stuff. But we sprinted past. I didn't see the School of Athens. Maybe that's what they use the fee that they charge. Maybe it's a long play. So and you've they, been to the Sistine Chapel. It's beautiful. I don't think it's the coolest thing. I think the hallway leading there is better. But because everyone says the Sistine Chapel mm-hmm. is the most important, that's where everyone wants to go. That's where you got to be. And then, unfortunately, you can't take photos there, so everybody wants to get out of there right away. <laughs> <laughs> right? So we're going to say and, – and the interest is I, why I, – there are people that should go to Rome that would – yeah, people, cry people like history or people who the, like art at the beauty of the art and if you're stunned by that it's got tremendous value that wasn't certainly less than half of the people that i encountered mm-hmm. and certainly less than half of my family uh which is fine and i have no negative judgment of that what i'm concerned about is that every person comes home and when asked about the trip that's amazing oh it's amazing yeah it was so oh you to dive the food amazing it's wouldn't it be a it's cool spaghetti? Wouldn't it's it be mac a cool and cheese <laughs> experiment, which you could never run, but it, it, to just say like, okay, for the next year or five years yeah. or whatever, you are not allowed to share any photos you take. You can take photos. I tried. Absolutely, you can yeah. take photos. You want to have photos of your family for when yeah. they're gone, but you can't share any photos and you can't talk about your experience. Yeah. How, how what would you do? People would live. What I'd would you surf, do? And I'd hang out. I have tried to make my life match that more. Me too. Which is why I stopped going to the gym. Because <laughs> <laughs> Grace doesn't care. If I and wasn't I don't post on Instagram. being looked at, I don't care. <laughs> I did lose five and a half pounds in five days. How'd you do that? So you get up at six a.m. to make a tour, oh, and, you just and walk. then there's Italian tiny little things that are open, and it's white bread. I had one piece of white bread, and then I got on a bus and wanted to throw up. So I was no more of that. I was gonna say, I think most people gain weight in Italy. I was doing eighteen-hour fast, man. Dude, pasta. I was and doing eighteen-hour fast without it, and I don't eat ice cream. And then I did have the pasta, which I don't normally eat, and I tr- I did good. I was a pescatarian while I was there, man. It's not easy. <laughs> did you have any gelato at all? No. It's pretty. No. It's pretty delightful. Uh, well, it was certainly. I was there, and it's quite yummy. Do I need ice cream from Italy? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm sure I would have. I probably would have made me sick, given how long it's been since I've had that kind of her- heavy dairy. Yeah, yeah. I would have just thrown up. I'd Henry be, got some. Everybody got some. But I know. Yeah. I really want Henry. There's a gelato place down the street to try it, and, and I really want Henry to try it. Sure, he'd say I, they're he can't. Similar. He's biased, but it'd be cool to do a blind taste he'd test. He'd probably say they were similar. Or maybe one was slightly better. The point is not that Rome isn't cool, not that Rome doesn't have fun things. That it, for me, and I think for many of the people who were there, was not worth the time and money invested to get there. Similar to college. When I talk about college, people always go, you didn't get any value? What are you saying? Because I'm, I'm pretty down on college generally. You sure are. And, and my answer <laughs> is no, I'm not saying that it wasn't fun or that I didn't learn. I'm saying it took four years 
And even with a full scholarship, I had a hundred grand of debt afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it wasn't worth that. Yeah, there was an opportunity cost. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I do want to talk about this because I think if you're listening, you might get the idea that I think travel is stupid and dumb and is not worthwhile at all. But I, f- there's just caveats that I would place around travel. I think the best, some of the best experiences of, of our lives have been from traveling. When I studied I abroad in Costa Rica the first time, I saw n- didn't really even go to the beach, which means no tourist attractions. Where do you, what's in Costa Rica that you've heard of that isn't on a beach? Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. I learned Spanish. I learned salsa dance. I had a girlfriend there that, that spoke Spanish, and I, was, I integrated into the culture, and I studied there, and it was amazing. When we went to Brazil, we even though our Portuguese wasn't didn't get as sharp as my Spanish, we lived there. We we did it. We've taken trips where we had fun. Where we yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> I, I actually did because what you're talking about, which I think is awesome, is moving to a country and living there, yeah. which I think is amazing, very valuable. I would recommend anyone who can afford it to study abroad. But I also have had a great time backpacking, just going for one week at a time to places, doing the vacation thing. But I was with people where when we would go on the six hour train ride, it would be fun. Mm-hmm. because we would just we were just goofballs who got along really well you yeah. know and we were younger and had no money i was literally sleeping in train stations and yeah. stuff because it was like oh save money on a hotel yeah. just sleep here for the night but the everyone was like hyped and positive and we were all the same age and no one had troubles with like walking like yeah. your dad so i think those trips can be fun too but you got to go with people that make the downtime better it's mostly downtime is yeah. the other thing you you're go on a people. bus or an airplane or you're walking the vast majority of yeah, the time. Yeah, but if you can have a, if you can have people that you just have a dope time sitting on a 6-hour bus yep. with, you could have an amazing time backpacking, going sure. for staying 3 days per city, whatever it is. The the last thing that I'll say and this is really tough to introspect cuz I think a lot of people think people want to be the type that cares about the Vatican and Pompeii. People mm-hmm. it it there's a status that comes to having traveled, caring about the quality of Italian food, caring about the history. And I would say just take a deep reflection and ask yourself if that is who you are. And if not, do who you are. Yeah, Good. but you got to do – if you've never done it, you, you got to check. do it once. You, gotta, you know sure. what I mean? Like I would never said I was an art guy. Yes. I grew up in Philadelphia, and the Philadelphia Art Museum never mattered to me. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Louvre and the Vatican and thought it was awesome. So I think if you've never traveled, travel. Mm-hmm. I think the thing to think is – I agree. If you have already done trips like this, try to be honest with yourself and go – did I really, what did I actually enjoy and what was I doing for the gram mm-hmm. or doing so I could tell people about it or doing for my identity? And then, but if you're, dude, the if question you that you had is, ask time, yourself that one too, right? Would I, would I take this trip if I knew I couldn't post on Instagram about yeah, it or yeah. tell a single soul? Would it be worth my experience? That's worth doing. I think that's an important question. Would I go, if I couldn't tell, if I was saying, hey, I'm going to go on vacation, but I'm not allowed to say where and I'm not taking any cameras, would I mm-hmm. still do it? But I think there's value in people who have never traveled internationally go sure. to Rome. For me, there was tremendous value. It changed my life. Changed, opened up my perspective. So I don't mean to say that it's not worthwhile. I mean to say that a lot of the people that I saw and for my family at this point in our lives, it was the wrong trip to yeah, take. Yeah. Well, the other thing is if you get to – I mean this is kind of what – if you get to Rome and you don't feel like going on a six-hour bus ride to Pompeii, just don't do it. Yeah. Like that's the other thing I don't really get. People go on vacations or on trips and they feel obligated. You know, They're going to Paris. So they have to go to the Eiffel Tower. It's like – you don't want to go to the Eiffel Tower and you just want to hang out at a restaurant or go to a library mm-hmm. and read a book. Like, That's my next trip. I do wanna, that with your day. <laughs> I just want to read, man. I miss reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you guys could – I guess you don't have to go see the David just because you're in Florence or whatever it you is. You do. The David's dope. If you're in I Florence. Like, I thought it was whatever. I thought it was so cool. Anyway, what else do we have this week? 
in our lives? Well, I was going to say to Angel. Let's kick it over. What else is new and interesting in the world? Oh, yeah. What's up, Angel? So um, this is not a story I'm super well acquainted with because it was just happening this morning as I was coming in to do the podcast. Um, But I figured I'd mention it and see if you guys had anything to say. A conservative blogger, Andy and Joe, it's spelled N-G-O, was attacked at a Portland Proud Boys protest. Uh, And so I don't know if you guys have anything to say about about this conservative blogger i'll give you context so and again this just happened i don't know anything about it the world dude it kind of sucks today it's hard to get unbiased news so i saw this happen and i tried i went to like conservative news and then i went to liberal news and i'm trying to piece together there is no unbiased i know yeah so this is my best understanding of what happened but there was some form of uh free speech protest occurring in portland pretty liberal city this, these are people that go were republicans somehow free speech has become a republican thing um so they're doing a what i i think at the time was a nonviolent protest but the people protesting were known street brawlers and so people were like this is gonna get violent this yeah. is a cover they're looking for people to fight but then what happens is i guess uh i don't know how to pronounce it but like antifa yeah the anti-fascist people showed up and weirdly enough uh attacked some people that were there talking about free speech which i think is a weird call because the ideology you're fighting against is that words can hurt like not you know what i mean like that not all words are harmless words can hurt take this rock <laughs> yeah no so they're like not all words are harmless like some words are hurtful yeah and i'm gonna express this to you by hitting you with a milkshake that's filled with concrete and it's like you're kidding no Dude, a milkshake filled with concrete? Yeah, they do quick dry concrete. So you have the milkshake. So it's just a milkshake. You can't get in trouble with the cops. And then you dump quick dry cement in it and you throw it. Is that what milkshaking means? Well, it depends. Milkshaking used to be just milkshakes. Wait, but it's, when people verbed milkshake, I presume like, they were just throwing regular old milkshakes? I always, like, maybe. I don't know, but there's photos. If you can bring up, Angel, if you can bring up the photo, there's, uh, and again, I'm not saying, listen, the thing is I wasn't there. I have no idea who threw the first punch. I'm just trying to understand what the news is saying uh there's like 65 year old guy covered in blood it's not even the journalist it's just a guy really uh yeah he got his face split up pretty bad so i don't know what happened i don't know who threw the first punch i do think it is a weird thing to do if you're anti-fascism to also be anti-free speech and to also go equipped with quick dry cement i genuinely love to talk to someone who was you know what i mean because that's yeah it's not like you had you're like eating a burger and you threw your burger because you got caught up in the moment yeah like you showed up with a backpack and quick dry cement you you were trying to hurt people you know what i mean oh this is different this is the journalist so this is a guy he i guess he's a homosexual asian guy but he was covering it and people were saying that he was giving press to a bad cause so Did this is this is well they're silly stringing him someone punched him in the head and now they're gonna throw stuff at him so why because he is giving coverage to a cause they don't agree with which is a protest that was pro-free speech and therefore pro-free hate speech in their mind and therefore he's the enemy uh, yeah, I don't understand. So I, I, I understand. I won't even comment on the event because I have no idea. Exactly, what it's tough. I have no idea what happened. It's weird to me. It's weird to me Jeez. to show up. It's weird to me to show up equipped with weapons to a protest, like peaceful protest. I thought that was a very liberal ideology. I don't. I don't. I, so 
I haven't read the article. I, I, I have no idea who did what, why they feel like they yeah, did agree. what, like dude, what, I, what prompted any of it. So I won't, I'll I won't. do you one better, dude. I read 10 articles and I still have no idea because yeah. depending on what you read, you get a very different. Yeah. I would, I'd be curious what their perspective was, like why this is apparently justified. Yeah. What's interesting. That was, so that was what Please was interesting. Explain. <laughs> that was what was interesting to me more than anything is like when I think of I think of myself as a liberal, but when I think of liberal protests, I think of like flowers putting and guns. flowers and guns. Yeah. Fun fact, my mom used to do that. Yeah. Um, but that's what I think of. I'm like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna protest because we're liberals and we're on the left and we're mm-hmm. gonna show up to rallies and we're gonna put flowers into guns. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's just here's the truth. Most yeah. people are good, but there's a far right and alt right, and there's a far left and alt left, and they're all violent and they're mm-hmm. all trying aggressively to silence opposition they're not trying to have a conversation i'm so interested in the personal psychology that drives it because i because i can't i have no idea what happened there to to weigh in makes no sense but i well i think it's just the the ideology is interesting how does someone feel because here's here's my question what do you have to feel in order to fill a milkshake up with concrete and throw it at a stranger you hear him even talking shit some kid throws a milkshake and is like, yeah, bitch, take that. What do you You're have like, to feel? That's my question. What? What's going on in your life? It's just a guy. That's what I want to know. That's where I'm super, super fascinated. <clears throat> what does one have to feel where that is what you need to do? I mean, you have to have rage, right? Because it, it can't simply – This is. I was thinking a lot about politics. I talked to my dad. I think that politics is perhaps the biggest screen upon which to project your issues. Mm-hmm. And – you get this other side that you get to disown everything evil and vicious inside of you and say it's them. Mm-hmm. And anything bad in your life is their fault. And and I've thought about this. I think politics plays a, not only a crucial role, obviously, in determining how things go, but in allowing individuals to blame forces outside of themselves so that, and this is, goes back to the narcissism thing, the burden of change does not fall on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. To be clear, I'm not saying that there aren't issues that need to be solved on a large social systemic scale, but within anyone's life, I was talking to my dad and and my grandpa on my mom's side when he was alive, you know, was convinced Obama was the devil. My dad is convinced Trump is the devil. I don't really buy either of it, quite frankly. Sure. I go, what's the issue? Well, the taxes and the this, and he doesn't this, he doesn't that, he he won't do all of this. And I, oh, so the question that I always ask, how much did you overpay on your taxes last year? Because you care so much about the government getting, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I need the system to do, oh, okay. But, you know, did you volunteer in your community? Did you donate to any important cause that is yeah. important to you? Have you made any sacrifice beyond what is taken from you <laughs> by the government or do you get to say, I voted, things are, are messed up, therefore it's their fault? Mm-hmm. And what I believe of my dad and of myself and of the world is, yes, there are problems that we have to encounter together. But if you expect other people to change, do things, sacrifice, give money, etc., and you're unwilling to do things that hurt you, are, are inconvenient, such as paying more money, donating your time, volunteering, can, going to another side of someone who disagrees with you stridently and being quiet while you listen. The politics just is the screen on which you you get to say it's their fault. And it allows you to not have to look at yourself because you're going, well, the world is messed up because Antifa. Well, the world is messed up because the Proud Boys. Oh, the world is messed up because of Trump or Obama or, or whatever. And I think that's why people will not let go of caring about politics mm-hmm. because then it goes, oh, shit. 
the world is just me multiplied. <laughs> you know, most people are like me. They're selfish in the ways that I'm selfish, multiplied by power, you know? So, mm -hmm. so somebody at the top of an organization who cheats can cheat in a much bigger way than you can, but don't pretend that you don't cheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't pretend that you don't lie and that you would be different if you were in such a position. Unless, unless, and this is why we've taken such, I think, strides to try not to eat meat or donate or whatever, unless you are hurting yourself. Yeah, yeah, unless you're unless doing stuff you're, you don't. You're doing things you don't want to do on a regular habitual basis to try to do a little bit more of the yeah, right thing. Yeah, but that thing. sounds so much harder than just complaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced, and and I'm sure there's cases where this isn't, that, that both quote-unquote sides have are are and their extremes are similar and that it's all it's all a bunch of similar people with well, similar stuff. so what, kind of what you're saying is what i thought was interesting which mm -hmm. is that there's violence on both sides you know and there's people who are unreasonable on both sides and then each people who feel strongly about it will each talk about the other side like it's so different you know mm -hmm. like oh the fascists are this the fascists are that it's like i don't know man you just threw a milkshake full <laughs> of cement at a fascist yeah. and what and does that make you and i by the way i'm not defending fascism i'm just yeah. saying like if you threw a concrete milkshake at someone that was standing still in a protest you're a dick yeah <laughs> like you're well, just as bad as the other side well, certainly and certainly most people don't do that right i think well, it's i important. agree that's what i'm saying well dude neither do most republicans most democrats most people don't do anything what i They're... think the problem is most people think that the other side is full of people who throw concrete milkshakes it's an exact bell curve <laughs> it's, everyone it's a mirror it's of same. you <laughs> if you're a, a moderate liberal there's a moderate republican <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. like you and yeah. if you are throwing cement milkshakes there is someone on the other side that's going to hit you with a cement milkshake yeah, yeah. it is a perfect bell curve probably probably pretty close yeah so eh, it's a bummer anyway what else we got so in much lighter news <laughs> yeah <laughs> angel bringing us back uh no much, one cares I mean, it's a heavy this is a heavy <laughs> cast angel well, give us something people want to talk about well for some reason people seem to be just as angry about this as what you guys were just talking <laughs> okay. about but netflix um at the I'm end of angry. 2020 is going to be losing the office early. It was supposed to have it for a couple more years because NBC is pulling it for their own streaming platform. Um, and people are really angry, especially after the Disney announcement that they're yeah, also man. pulling. So the That's reason I, I brought this Disney up. Plus. Yeah. And, and so this is brand new. This is sort of just announced. The reason I bring it up is not I didn't watch the office, so I didn't really care about that part of it. But this is sort of like a sign of the era of uh, Netflix being a one-stop shop is kind of over. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. What is, well, that's a bummer for consumers. What is Netflix Well, anymore? it's a bummer for consumers because now you're going to have to buy access to all this other stuff. Yeah. But it, that is interesting in the sense that it looks like streaming won, right? Like Netflix is not this fringe thing. Everybody who's a certain age, at least, I think has. everybody has Netflix and is using online streaming. Everybody has a Netflix that they have access to. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, yeah. a few yes. people who pay sure. for Netflix. I agree. Well, I'm just thinking Disney's <laughs> taking back their streaming. Now NBC's taking back their streaming. Yeah. It's really interesting because it's, I mean, it seems like the era of cable TV is just dying. On-demand television. Yeah. You want to watch it when you want to watch it. It seems it seems like that's going to be yeah, yeah. the case. Pretty cool. Netflix has turned out to be one of the more disruptive technologies. Well, it, yeah, I guess. I don't know a ton about the... I guess they started with selling, sending DVDs to your house. Netflix? Yeah, you remember that age. My parents still get this stuff. <laughs> so, no. I'm not kidding. So they, have back, a DVD... they, they put Blockbuster out of business. Yes. They were a rental service, and they didn't have streaming. They sent 
the thing to your house. Little slips of DVDs, little paper slips, and you Crazy. would go online, pick which things you wanted this week. They'd send them to your house. And when you sent them back, the next one would come. Huh. Yeah, and we always had these little slips hanging out. We probably still do. Interesting. <laughs> I actually don't know if they have that service anymore. That's going to go down as one of the biggest business blunders. Blockbuster could have bought Netflix for like $4 million. Wow. And they said no. And now it's definitely got to be a billion-dollar company. Yeah, and Blockbuster is dead. doesn't exist. Yeah. I think there's still one in Alaska. There was a documentary. Oh, really? I saw. That's the, like the last Blockbuster. Yeah. Interesting. Where you can't, where there's not strong I still like Blockbuster. Dude, I remember as a kid, I'd go into a Blockbuster. Did you ever do this with your parents? Super exciting. You'd be hyped. You get to run through. You get to pick whatever you want. So you'd walk through. Did and you ever rent video games at the game the store? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, my God. That was the highlight of my life. Just walking around. It was the one that had the branding was neon green. I don't remember what it used to be called. Some We'll pull it up or something. GameStop? Was it GameStop? No, because GameStop is where you purchase. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I forget what it was called. Maybe it was just one that was in Newtown. That was the best thing ever. When you Then they even let you if you – this was a rare thing. Did you ever rent a game system? No. So one – we couldn't it was expensive you had to put money down and then it was pretty expensive but i once rented one of the new systems that i didn't have i did not go outside that week no, i did not man i made the i made the mistake i got a dreamcast the sega dreamcast yeah. instead of a playstation i think it was i just had to live with that decision that was awful i just had to play sega dreamcast that's that's a good parenting lesson right there <laughs> about the consequences of your decisions yep. when you need to get the newest thing and you go, oh, Dreamcast came out first, and yep. now you're stuck with a Dreamcast. Sure was. Sure was. <laughs> that was one of the there benefits. There was no renting consoles We for were me. not on the front end of, of getting consoles. We were on. They were established by the time they dropped enough to where we would buy them. Yeah. Oh, no, man. Blockbuster was dope. You'll never know that joy, kids, with your instant gratification. Your instant gratification. I was walking up both hills to a blockbuster. <laughs> that was our weekend, was we would drive in circles, I remember, in high school. Just drive that parking lot that had the Dunkin' Donuts, and we'd go to maybe like a blockbuster every now and yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, we were so cool. Nothing to do. Do you remember deer hunting? Yeah. Deer hunting, if you live in the suburbs, by the way, is when you drive to a field with your car. This is not going to get dirty, don't worry. <laughs> it's not going to be bloody, rather. And there's deer out there, and you flash your high beams, which you leave them on, and the deer just freeze. And then you can look at a deer for like a couple minutes before driving home. And then you turn your lights off, and the deer <laughs> runs off, home. and then you go home. And then you drive home. And oh, it's the deer. Look how cool it is. an exciting Friday night. They were cool. <laughs> they were cool. They were cool. <laughs> what else? So there, for the last uh, 14 years, there has been a oil spill that's been sort of kept under wraps. And... Nice. About it's been so they've <laughs> been are, losing about. We are just fucking our planet. <laughs> so apparently, and this is just coming to the surface, but this has been happening since 2004. They've been losing um, an estimated 10 to 30 thousand uh, gallons of oil a day, and losing like spilling. Yes, yes, hundreds, ten, uh, tens of thousands a day. It? You can't just like plug it up. I have no idea how much that is. But and it's... now we're at like millions of barrels of oil. Wow. Um, and this has been sort of kept a secret. And the company that is responsible for the is called Taylor Energy. And that company doesn't even really exist anymore. They basically only exist now to deal with the spill. Like they don't drill anymore. They just they just cover the spill. Yeah. You and know why though? Because if they drilled, they'd be, they'd have liabilities. So I'm sure somebody back in the day. You would realize that whoever did the drilling was liable for the spilling, and they went, yeah, what if we split these up? <laughs> But but you would think even monetarily the incentive would be to capture this oil instead of just letting it destroy the no because it matters. What if it was one barrel? What if it was you're to be a hundred percent? They're getting plenty. I'm sure. No, I'm that, saying right now this thing is just 
just spraying oil. I promise you that they're doing what is monetarily I best agree. for them. I agree. I'm just surprised. <laughs> so, no, I'm also positive yeah, of that. I am 100% that this is where they believe they can maximize their profits. Oh, that is awful. Well, that's what we were talking about. Like, there's no, you don't have to pay for your, your earth-destroying externalities. externalities. We yeah. talked about this. Actually, I think on a podcast it isn't going to end up airing. Oh, it's not. Yeah, we were just saying the one, the one thing that is that stuck with me from that is, yeah, businesses have evolved as everything in the world evolves. Sharks evolved to eat everything. Businesses are like sharks in that they have evolved to exploit externalities, which is anything that should be a co- not should be is a pub is a cost that you can benefit from, but you don't but, have to pay. But, but the public pays. Yeah, that's how you get cheaper products. That's how you make it easier. So what's you don't got to pay. What's the destruction on this so far? I assume this is just destroying animals and ecosystems. Well, so yeah, so because it's been a secret for so long, there isn't a lot out there about it, but. If there are some um, sort of helicopter shots where you could actually see the oil physically under the water. This is insane. Um, but it's just there's not a lot on it, unfortunately, because it is so recently coming to the surface. But I do know, and this is interesting, you guys were talking about money. Um, whatever's left of this company, they've only spent roughly $400 million cleaning it up, which is crazy because to compare that to BP when they had their oil spill, which may have been less oil actually they spent 66 billion cleaning it up so that's a pretty big difference wow i yeah, have the, i don't know change our laws yeah but again i have no when i think that one of the things the big issue with the news is that it makes you feel informed when you read it no i agree. do you know how, what was the amount of oil that spilled who freaking knows no but dude you can't just be you can't just be throwing oil into the sure ocean. but how much oil spilled i don't know exactly so <laughs> so whenever you read an article ask what what are they trying to make me feel? There's an angle. There's always an angle. I'm not saying these guys How aren't, spilled, in fact, bad. So it just says, um, reportedly, there's no actual numbers, but it says reportedly tens of thousands a day and millions of barrels over the course of 14 years. There Which you go. Sounds millions like of barrels. Sounds like a lot. I don't know how much that is. Oh, it says um, 176.4 million gallons is what they estimate. Okay. Are there's, we allowed to say that's a lot now? No, honestly, no. <laughs> really? Do you know anything about oil? Do you know what a lot of oil is? Do you know what a little bit of oil is? I actually think this is a bigger point. I'm not defending these guys. I'm saying don't think that you know anything when you read the news. It's a trick. It makes you feel informed, and everyone who reads that has the same reaction, mm-hmm. which is the reaction that was scripted for you. Don't trust it. It's all be Not all. Not all. If you have a trusted news source, a guy, a person that you can read, someone who is a friend of yours who you trust to sift through it and who is an expert on it, believe it. When 99% of the people read an article and have a reaction, that's by design. Angel, pull up animals covered in oil. <laughs> Convert this man's heart. I'm not saying show that me, oil is good show for animals. I'm not covered saying. In oil. I'm simply saying that, that this article tells you nothing. And how often is it the case that there's you'll find out a second article will be written that'll say, actually, it wasn't these guys. It was someone else that needs to be and the and effectively what you wanted to happen when you read the first article doesn't solve the problem gets in the way and is a smokescreen from what would really solve the problem which is addressing something else sure in general and i guess this this is something i already come in with i think it's weird that people can destroy the planet i'm on board without paying for it so every time i get mailed spam newspapers that i didn't ask for because they have coupons because that worked in the 80s yeah i am i'm blown away because i didn't ask for this and even though i'm going to recycle it you killed trees to make this 
the only reason like think about this they are just throwing that at people who haven't asked for it it must be so cheap for them because if that actually had a cost they wouldn't do it mm -hmm. which means that they are not having to factor in the ecological damage of killing the trees or the cost of recycling or destroying the newspaper that i don't want mm -hmm. all they have to do is buy wood buy, buy and paper. turn it into paper. Buy the paper. That well, they is, don't, they're not turning in the paper. They're buying the paper. Yeah, sure. But that is broken. I think that is that is flawed in the sense I that there agree. are tons of costs from destroying the trees, and there's tons of costs from what do, what do I do with this newspaper now if I don't keep it in my house? Which, by the way, I didn't ask for because it's not a newspaper; it's a coupon book. So I put it in the recycling. Mm -hmm. Well, there's there's someone has to turn that yeah, into recycled paying, stuff. We're paying for that, yeah. And that company doesn't pay for the cost of losing out on the benefits to the ozone of the trees and it doesn't pay for the cost of recycling the paper mm -hmm. that seems messed up to me and that's why they can just spam you with things you don't want yeah and i think that they should have to pay for the full cost of what they're doing and i think then they probably wouldn't dude i literally had i have asked to be put on do not mail lists and it doesn't stop them. Mm -hmm. and i think if they had to pay the full cost they wouldn't just be like ah just keep throwing paper at ben mm -hmm. and i think they would actually have to target people that want their stuff yeah so I that no, I'm on board. Soapbox closed. I'm on board. I think for that. it's bogus that people don't have to pay for the full cost of the damage they do. I agree. I just don't like the news. That's all. I know. That's all. Anyway, what, what's next in the news? <laughs> <laughs> so, in scary new technology news, um, have you guys heard of Deepfake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a new so Deepfake when if if anybody doesn't know it was sort of technology where sort of like an advanced Snapchat filter where you can overlay a face on another face and make it look like it's a different person. Uh, but that was more sort of advanced and for technical people. But just this week, a new app came out called Deep Nude. And what it is, is you could <laughs> And this is different from Deep nice. Fake. Deep Fake, you just overlay a face on another face. But what this is, is I can overlay another body on mine. Sweet. Well, what, you, what you could do is you could take a picture of women. It doesn't work with men of women. And what it does is it undresses them. It will take clothed pictures and make them look naked. Oh, it just wow. takes a guess at what their body looks like. Yeah. Based on all the images from the Internet and stuff and sort of their shape or their figure. Okay. Yeah. And it's not perfect. It works best with like really high quality, good angle pictures. Um, Deep nude. But of course, every technology goes there immediately. That's what moves technology forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna try this with a girl I'm dating. See how accurate it is. Well, well, that's the thing is it doesn't. It does. So he released it just early this week, but it went viral almost instantly, and there was so much controversy about it. The guy actually felt guilty and took it down. So you can't get it anymore. Um, but lots and lots of people have it already. Um, and it, I think that's scary. That's funny. Well, I my my sense of the deep fakes. But it's. I guess it's scary. It's not. I don't care. Anybody can imagine what anyone's no, body looks no, no, like, I but think... it's scary when someone's purporting that you this happened. Exactly. Yeah. I think if the fear is that people can now put nude photos that look like you in compromising positions yes. or fake things. What I kind of think is interesting about the deep fakes is that we're on the we're on the early stage, right? Yeah. But at some point, they're going to be good. People, just, well, no, people just won't trust anything. So I think the consequence of deep fakes is actually not going to be that I fabricate a Charlie video that makes you say stuff you've never said and people buy it. It gives everyone I, plausible deniability. I actually think it's that I take an actual video of someone and it's them doing something wrong and I go, this person did something wrong. And they go, no, that's a deep fake, dude, yeah. that's not me. Oh, wow, okay. I guess video evidence is gone now. Or will be soon, yeah. 
It's a, well, yeah, not now, but I'm just saying I think that's that it seems like you have plausible deniability for a long time. Now, maybe there's there's of course people can find photoshops and there's tells. And if it's not perfect, there's ways. To... Yes, maybe in court cases, professional forensic yeah. people can get rid of it. Maybe unless it's a really good deep fake yeah. done by another professional. But what I think is interesting is this whole idea of like, oh, nudes leaking on the Internet. It's just gonna, in 10 years, it's not going to be a thing because everyone's going to go, it's not me wasn't me dude if trump's grabber by the i don't yeah, know what yeah, i'm supposed yeah. to say and not get ad blocked but <laughs> if that came out in 10 years there's a really good chance trump could just be like yeah it's not me it's a deep fake if everyone if everyone on that bus denies it it didn't happen yeah that's that's what's the case that's is that's kind of where i see that technology going is it actually it actually undercuts the credibility of genuine video evidence so then how that's that's an let's pretend that happens we're 20 years down the line let's say deep fakes are perfect they're they're indistinguishable even by a professional just for the sake sure. of argument someone just as qualified makes it it means someone just as qualified can't detect it yeah candidate trump is running that comes out you go come on right of like, course you go, of, co like, of course it's fake no oh two weeks before the election yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks of course Deep yeah fake. this video is 10 years old or yeah uh, yeah that definitely happened man what happens obviously what trump, how trump you, says it doesn't happen well, how do you convey anything it. how do you can like okay so the debate happens you're not there to watch it live yeah right so it's the the democratic debate occurs certain people blogs, were there certain blogs are showing videos yeah. certain websites are showing other videos news stations are showing other Trust videos becomes so critical yeah and the, on, not all the videos are identical so which debate is real? How do you vote on a candidate when you don't know if what you're watching is what happened? Well, this is... Can, this is can you, only trust, can you only trust live streams? This is kind of happening. You can edit things in a way that yeah. completely transforms their meaning. Completely yeah, yeah. transforms the meaning of what happened. We're, I think it's an interesting question to ask yourself the extreme because the answer is, what do you do in that extreme world? I guess you... Only trust live streams. I think you now have to tune in. I okay, think. Let, so then in the future, live streams will be, yeah, future, future. Sure, sure, sure. 50 years from then they'll attack that, that or get that or whatever. Yeah, hack that. So, but yeah, it's now trust becomes critical and your own experience becomes critical, mm -hmm. which is, and let's walk that back. All right. You can already cut things in a way that transforms their meaning. Yeah, yeah. I got, got, I'll, I'll cop to it. There's a clip that went around with Rudy Giuliani that made him seem like he, pretended 9-11 didn't happen and mm -hmm. i saw it posted on facebook back in the day i was not yet well versed in how this worked and yeah. i was like this is ridiculous yep. and i shared it on my facebook and a buddy went hey man you might want to snopes this and i snopes it and if you watch the speech for a minute he talks about how 9-11 existed and acknowledges yeah. it and this and that and then he says a sentence that kind of makes like out of context makes it seem like it didn't and i saw it and I went, oh wow i i got got I, yeah i messed up and yeah. so then i think from then on i I don't think I shared much else on Facebook because I was just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I was like, I don't, this could be wrong. That's the right lesson, I think. I, unfortunately, I, I think a deep, deep skepticism when you when you read or react to something and, and it's clear what emotion the author would like you to have. Well, this was my first, this was my first take, mm -hmm. per, a personal firsthand experience mm -hmm. of, of falling for it, getting manipulated by a yeah. thing it was clearly meant it clearly had a political agenda right this was a complete mis misrepresentation of the truth but i was that it, it never occurred to me before that had never happened so i was just like oh you trust the things you see mm -hmm. and then this happened i went oh man what's crazy this was meant to make me feel exactly how i felt and it was fake and i, mean, I got it, i got suckered yeah if you think of 
if you think of the world as becoming an organism and we're interacting with each other, what we're essentially saying is that our eyes are failing. And not only failing, they're hallucinating some of the time. How does that well, not work? Our eyes. our eyes are okay. It's just the stuff we're putting in front of our <laughs> eyes. Like my eyes didn't hallucinate. I like voluntarily put garbage well, the in front of them. The reporters are our eyes. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the news is our, is our eyes, is saying. our window into the world. And it's hallucinating some of the time. Yeah. And probably going, and we're going, becoming more aware that we have this issue. <laughs> so how does a being that is knows that it it can't trust what it sees? How does that being? Move I don't know. Forward? It's weird, right? I don't know. What a crazy thing, man. That's, and I guess you just come back to experience, and that that's why. Well, you got to go smaller scale, though. Yes, you got to go local community governments and stuff. Because I mean, I I just think of the, and I don't want to hang on this topic too long, but I think of the debates. It's like, yeah, if you can't, if you're trying to pick a candidate, mm -hmm. most people are just picking based on like their identity. They just go, yeah. I'm a libertarian, I'm a Democrat, I'm a whatever, so I'm just going to vote for my candidate. But the best people, the people we really like the most, are the ones that are trying to educate themselves. Yeah, and they watch the debates. God bless yeah. those people, that minority <laughs> of people. And now they're not gonna, they're not gonna know if the debate they're watching yeah. is the one that actually happened or a deep fake. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I have no idea how we manage. This hurts that. the informed voters the most. <laughs> this hurts the identity <laughs> voters the least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's this is the last I'll say. That's my deeper point about the news is that it makes you feel informed mm -hmm. and you're not. And it's all clipped, it's all cut, and it's all sections of the not if you sit through that 3 hours live stream. <laughs> At least not today. You're going to sit through and watch all 20 candidates. God bless you. You're the only person that actually that, knows. You're told that that is important. If, the fact that that is live streamed and chosen and is a big event, it is to say that this three hours of footage is more important than any other three hours of footage which you could spend your time watching. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe not. Maybe there's something else that you should be caring about. I mean, we just did our charity water donation. Maybe you should watch three hours of footage of what's going on over there, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to talk about particular topics and skip others. So... It's hard. It's hard. Just try your best to be a good person. <laughs> You're going to struggle in the final analysis. Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting, too, because uh, my impression, which I don't know, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but that even the topics that get debated, you don't get to choose what's important to no. you, right? So Trump, immigration wasn't really that big of an issue, I think, mm -hmm. in 2016. No, I could be wrong. Did, he, or in he 2014, let's say. made it an And then issue. Trump was like, yo, you know what we should talk about? immigration mm -hmm. i'm gonna make that to the topic so these debates happened i didn't get to watch them but i i, I did read because i was i was abroad it's very interesting what the democrats are going to come back with because trump was able to mobilize people around this immigration thing he was mm -hmm. he was able to go with a populist sort of nationalist message really nationalist make america great again yeah that was that was the message and it no it's a great catchphrase the democrats i didn't watch it did you see what is it going to be for them I didn't. I heard Andrew Yang spoke the least, though. So our break, I did too. Probably not gonna be able to do a Sorry, breakdown. He allegedly, his mic was broken. So if he, if he, oh really? Uh, that's what he says. He says that his mic wasn't working. Do we think that was an accident? <laughs> I mean, it, Marianne Williamson also said it was the case. Joe Biden's worked. So who knows? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like, oh wow, oh, wow. that's weird. The fringe, fringe candidate, candidate that's doing well. <laughs> That people are starting to like. <laughs> yeah, can't really talk so good. His microphone's broken. He says, his, but there was another. Do we think debate. that was an accident? I have no idea. There's a, there's another debate in Go a month. On. Take a stand, Char. Say just say it. Just say yes, something. I'm say something positive. crazy. <laughs> say something crazy. 
No, don't don't do it. Okay, we didn't on. land on the moon. It's not real. <laughs> not that crazy. Feel it back. Feel it back. Uh, uh, so the the Andrew Yang thing, he will get to talk in a month. We might do a breakdown. I do think if we're going to do a breakdown on him, he has to show up for the debate. So if you're watching this. Yang gang. Yang gang. Get he, some backup mics. I can't give him a breakdown if he can't get in a group of people get and mix that, it up. Get you that gotta, man a backup mic. You, you got to be able to, to do sucks, it on the big stage. Man. Yeah. How do they not fix that? Well, what do you do in that situation? Let's pretend you're Andrew Yang. You're chiming in. You're talking. There's f- 15 other candidates on the stage. Trump wouldn't just stand there. He'd get That's a mic. Kinda, I, it's kind of— he'd, he'd go stand next to Biden. He'd go, if, Biden, my mic's broken. Yeah, Give I think— this. So I thought that if he recognized that, he should have disrupted it. Yeah. He should have said, hey, what I have to say is important. Yeah. Yo, if guys, he knew, I'm going to— be doing this while you're on mute. Yeah, we're yeah, not going to continue. Why Yang pointing his yeah, mic? Yeah, yeah. It's not working. <laughs> you might have, sorry, you might have to lower it. Sorry for that. <laughs> No, what? Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. It's not what, guys. Mine's broke. Like, yeah. you can't just stand there quietly. Whatever if you, you want to be do, president. I agree. You get maybe three debates. Whatever you do, you cannot stand there quietly. No. Dude, and I guarantee, I am positive that Trump would have walked right up to Rubio. You go, hey, little Rubio, I need this. Mine's yeah. broken. Yeah. Something, you know? Uh, that's a shame. That's a shame. How do you think you do on those debate stages? I th- How would I do? Yeah. I'd get crushed by not knowing enough about. Uh, what we were talking about mm-hmm. but i think with prep i could do well yeah but i would need i mean i'd hire you first of all <laughs> mm-hmm. and i would try to figure out like what is the message what is our version of immigration that we're going to make the important issue because it connects with people even if it's not necessarily the thing that's impacting the country the most yeah i'd figure out our issue based on just what party i was running for and then i mean on the stage i think i would do quite well actually in terms that's of what i'm saying i actually think myself. the charisma bar is low at least i think obama is incredible yeah, I, like, and well, and one at the time, people were like, yeah. "This guy's not qualified." There's a handful. I didn't yeah. see her. Dude, people he, said Kamala was good. I didn't see it. Uh, but Obama won on charisma. Yeah, I think a lot of people will, as it continues to be published, publicized more and more video. The these people need more work, and the prep that they're doing, I don't think is the prep that they should be doing. The one thing that I heard about Joe Biden is I have to watch the clip, so I, we can maybe talk to it more next week. But is that he's the front runner? He got attacked on an issue that he should have absolutely seen coming. They definitely prepped for. He responded back, and it was just weak, mm. and that's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's unacceptable. Dude, so have I have. Seen, have you seen the fake Joe Biden website that's no, run by like a no. Trump? Uh, supporter of some kind. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. No, it's see if you can pull it out because I don't want to get it wrong. Go- Google um, like fake Joe Biden website, but it's hilarious. It's very because you know his whole thing is he's a little bit inappropriate with the touching. Yeah, he, it's got his slogan and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be hands on <laughs> my running of America and I'm gonna. It's just all this stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and it's got a blue background, Angel. To sit down and work on the reframe of that and and practice. Practice delivery in a way that is not so monotonous. I feel like when these people finally get on stage, so many of them feel like robots. So mm-hmm. many of them are clearly just what, and they have these catchphrases and these slogans that just come off. Come on, you look like you're reading it to the mirror. Yeah, yeah. There's you can work on that. You could you could do your charisma in a way that it's it, it's organic and you don't have the exact words, but you know the idea of what you're gonna say. Well, I think there's two. I think there's two issues. It's one is just presentation issues. Yeah. Not everyone up there is is doing a very good job of presenting themselves. But mm-hmm. two, it's couching your thing. You know, I'm not. And again, I'm not saying it's good, but Trump had the wall mm-hmm. that mobilized people. Andrew Yang, I think, has the he's got thousand dollars, the freedom dividend, a thousand dollars every person. It's simple. It's memorable. It's understandable. Like, yep. I think people aren't necessarily even thinking, okay, like, 
I'm going to have policy as a president. I'm going to have so much policy that I couldn't possibly expect people to remember it. So what are the things that I want them to know me for? When people think of me, when I think Andrew Yang, I think freedom dividend. Yeah. Trump wall, right? I, I think people need to figure out What's it's not thing? just about saying yeah. what you believe. It's like, what are your three things? There's a branding. What is your one thing? There's yeah, it's branding. branding. Exactly. It's candy branding. And Remember when Hillary Clinton's website said, love Trump's hate, hate. and that two thirds of that slogan is love Trump? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not good branding. Well, when people, this is a business mistake people make. They think that cleverness is valuable. Oh, look how clever this pun name yeah, yeah, of yeah. my company is. That's a, te- if you're being clever, you're being a terrible marketer. <laughs> yeah. Yang Gang, Charlie Hooper, he's available. Get Yang, him on there. Yang Gang isn't bad. So Yang Gang. And then you got to think about no, it. No, I'm saying I'm, yeah. I'm trying to mobilize the Yang Gang audience uh, that's watching this. To get it? I, I don't know anything about his policies, but I would I would love to. It would be a fun challenge. So hit me up. Did you find it? Let me see. <laughs> yeah, I want me to read can it. I, can I see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read this. Read this. So it says, uh, first of all, the website is joebiden.info. And it says, Uncle Joe is back and ready to take a hands-on approach to America's problems. <laughs> Joe Biden it has a, a good feel for the American people and knows exactly <laughs> what they really want deep down. He's happy to open up and, re- and reveal himself to voters <laughs> and will give a pounding to, anyone, to anybody who gets in his way. Nice. It's awesome. Uncle it's so Joe. good, right? And it's a decent, like, Joe Biden, what is it, JoeBiden.info? Mm-hmm. Like, That's... it seems legit, right? If you you could put that on Facebook and people would and think people, it's, some yeah. people will think that it's really his well, website. I forget what the law is. There's that law that of the internet. Got, oh God, it's got, got all the clips. Something. It's yeah. got all the clips of him doing touching. <laughs> I have no. I have. I, this is just. This is just. I want to watch a it. clever way to take down a candidate. This I think is such just an gifts. easy. You know, he's so lucky that this is the thing because this isn't. <laughs> God, they, there are some awkward freaking. Some of these, like, I know that one here in the middle. I think that's his grandson, I believe. Yeah. he's. A... No, I get it. This is the other thing. Just... If people were laughing at this and I was a candidate and I was a front runner, I'd be so happy. That that's the worst they got. Because this is what you've got on me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about any of it. I just thought it was funny when I saw it. That It's a very clever... It's just a clever joke. I'm excited, actually, to do this podcast in the age of debates and talk about... Politics? What's, well, not just the politics. The, I'm, the charisma. The charisma, yeah. I don't yeah. care about No, I agree. I, I, I'm interested in, in the people. And so I think it'll it's be nice really you fun. Got that, getting Trump right in like 2015 or 14 no, was, or whatever was, you called it. it or was, was, I, I, that was a good, I'm just saying that was a good credibility. I'm glad you got that one right. So, <laughs> Well, here's what happened. And to be completely fair. So I thought it in January. Yeah. Went, and, and I made the video March 1st. Yep. So I actually got it earlier than I saw it. Then the polls had convinced me that he was going to lose. Yeah, yeah. I was when on the I night the of, day of we were in Brazil. I was like, I dude, thought I was going. I remember I texted you. I said, "Dude, Trump's going to win." And yeah. You're like, "No, you're insane. Don't. Yeah. Look, this isn't happening." I believed. I be, it was ninety five five on the New York Times poll, and I, I was. Oh, this is clearly. You just thought the polls were real. Yes. Yeah. Which one? Polls can be literally just fake data. But two, I think there was a. I think in the Trump election, there's this huge silent group of voters that didn't want to go on and potentially be potentially no, I know this dude i mean i know people who they weren't they don't want to talk they don't want to say they were voting for trump well there's two there's two i don't know i haven't researched this at all there's two things one there was silent people who lied and two the polling was either deliberately or just systematically oh i'm saying these not people don't getting want to, to those poll. people someone no no they were someone yeah. calls who are you gonna vote for it i'm not yeah. going on the right you yeah. know my number you know my yeah. name i'm not doing this got it i'm a yeah. i'm a wall street guy like well, i gotta there were discrepancies here's the issue there were polls that said Trump was going to win, which is 
one of those, if not both of those, seem to be taking an angle. Because every week this one comes back and says Trump's going to win, and Trump likes that poll. Yeah. And this poll never says he's going to win, which, again, is the whole news thing that I've been disenfranchised—not enfranchised, disenchanted. Well, it depends who you call, in what states, depends yes, how you phrase the question. Yes, but guess how those questions. systems get set up yes, <laughs> with, the, with the clear, <laughs> why does this one know to get these guys and this one doesn't? So I'm— very suspicious of what I what I read from anyone yeah. these days. But are there any others? So, um, and then I have a video. This isn't really news. This is just a video I found and thought I'd show you guys because this is sort of my personal worst fear. Um, oh, should, that's should a good I, intro. Should I take a That's guess? a good hook for a story. It's, yeah. it's, it's okay. Maybe I set it up too much. So there was a young girl in Mexico at a sort of fair or carnival, a local, and she was on a ride and her seatbelt or harness broke and she fell off of it oh my god and there's video of it Let's wow it. you always talked about this in costa rica right how there would be like water parks that oh would yeah definitely not clear yeah. code can't see oh, oh shit oh god she hits the garage. Did this girl survive? Did she, did she live? She's all right. She, oh, my God. Uh, let's see. I, I know she's alive. Let's see if she got injured. On Dude, that thing comes back and crushes her. Oh, my her. God. Is so, she little? So minor. In she's she's little. It doesn't she's say. Bouncy. It just oh says young girl, but God. she's pretty. She's, I would, my assumption based on what she looks like is probably like teenage. Um, and she was okay. Dude, the fall is bad, but then the swing Does anybody test is... her to see if she's the unbreakable person oh from... <laughs> From says, just, minor, just says minor injuries. We should probably watch that one more time just we for science's sake, right? She's definitely M. Night Shyamalan superhero. I was not expecting it to come Jeez. back on her. When I was doing my research, I watched this over and over and over again because this truly is one of my worst fears. Because I go on, I love <laughs> carnivals and fairs. Get in your head. And when I'm there, I'm always like, I know this is dangerous, but I, I can't help it. God. But this is yeah, the FDA definitely didn't check this ride out before it uh, began. The FDA. <laughs> it is Mexico, <laughs> so not. it's a different country. So maybe that's and the Food and Drug Administration. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, we're all just having a good time. Things are fun. Man, I mean, it was holding her. Okay, it was holding her, and then it lets go. Yeah, she's doing all right. Oh God. This is the worst part. Oh, God. It's so bad every time. Where does she go at that point? She just gets smashed off. She's off camera now. Wow. Jesus. All right. Hey, all right. The rescue crew gets in there. Some guy in, oh, a, oh, some oh. Guy in an orange shirt shows up. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like – that's your life flashes before your eyes, right? You don't think you're going to survive that. I – the one time that I was in a very dangerous situation, it was, it was just dumb. I don't know that she had any thoughts about what oh, was Oh, this was your car accident? Yeah. Yeah. It's just dumb. Just nothing. You just go blank, right? I was just on the highway, and then I was facing the opposite direction, looking at a car coming 70 miles an hour because I spun around. I was like, why am I looking at a man? He looks nervous. <laughs> and then... Jesus. Off, yeah. That's a good video. I had no reaction. I'm really, really glad that she's okay. Good for her. That does not look like something one would survive. She's, she's, she made it through. God. And I was just on a ride just like that recently, like at Magic Mountain. So I'm having like, that makes me feel weird. <laughs> that woman will never ride carnival rides again. I, that would be a good call and would show that she'd learned something.
What's up? So I have one more thing. Um, it is a little heavy, but I'll bring it up. I don't know. We just go it. We all we've been doing is <laughs> politics and sad. <laughs> yeah, not to, that young lady is a miracle. Yeah, okay, he's unbreakable. First, that's off. not sad that she survived unharmed. Yeah, that is uplifting. The question is, where is her her mirror nemesis? She's got a Mr. Glass somewhere. Also in Mexico, what's the lawsuit rule? Because in the U.S., that would be that'd be some money coming her oh, way, yeah. right? No, she, I mean, who knows? there's money oh all right so my last bit of news is um that some whistleblowers two two men uh by the names of bill reynolds and mark sersonzi they exposed a um, back surgery scam where doctors were being bribed to use um what's the word counterfeit screws and perform surgeries on people that may not need them for oh kickback. in the u.s yes in the u.s remember your hand um in fact, in Long Beach specifically. Wow. So have we told the story in the podcast? No, I don't think so. You want me to tell it? You, or so me. I was Somebody's going to. I was, uh, I mean, yeah, you know the story. I was I was doing Muay Thai at the time, and I landed a punch funny, landed on the side of my hand, had a little thing. My hand hurt for a bit, and so I went to a very well-regarded, like, world-renowned hand New York surgeon. City. Yeah. And... So I go and he's worked with all these pro athletes that are up on the walls. You know, he's got all the credibility indicators. I go in, I'm like, yeah, my hands hurt for probably like two weeks. It's weird. Normally stuff like this would heal and it looks a little bit off, you know, like this one kind of can stretches can do that. Yeah. And this one doesn't. It has this like kind of thing that sticks out. And so he's like, oh, yeah, let me see your hand. Hold on. Let me do this. 30 seconds. Yeah, that's that's torn with there right there. There's a ligament that runs along your hand fully torn for sure. And we're going to have to do surgery. It's like, oh, my God, I've never had surgery. What do, what do you mean? It's like, well, we're going to go into your healthy hand. Your wrist has an extra ligament. You don't need it. The body just gives you an extra one. So we'll go into your good hand. We'll take that ligament out. And then we'll replace this one with it. So it's surgery on both hands. You'll be in double casts for a couple months. But then you'll be right as rain. It's like, I can't. I, my job is an Tell investment me. banker. I type. Yeah. What do you mean I can't be in hand casts? Because, well, that's what we got to do. So should we do an MRI? Should we get a visual confirmation that it's torn no we don't have to dude i've been doing this for years trust me the way it moves look watch this you see this normal thumb doesn't do that uh, okay because i've never yeah, analyzed yeah. my thumb prior to this i yeah. don't remember what it used to do uh, oh okay all right and he's like all right let's put you on the books he's like i okay i gotta think about this so i go out he doesn't doesn't tell me to get a second opinion specifically tells me not to get an mri luckily my my grandmother's brother is like a world-renowned surgeon and so i email him i say hey this this is the diagnosis this is what happened he didn't give me an mri he goes yeah you should definitely get an mri and you should definitely send me your x-rays and your mri so i go to another doctor he's like yeah it makes sense we probably should, should get some look at this imaging get the imaging the second doctor goes i don't think you need surgery i think it's a partial tear i think we put you in a splint for like a month you can take it off if it's really inconvenient yeah. but just keep it on when you're typing especially because that was what was happening i'd hit the space bar and it would like really yeah, hurt because yeah, yeah. this was torn so and uh, i send it to my whatever that is grandmother's uh brother and he says yeah i think it's probably it's probably totally fine i would just go with the splint i go to cvs <laughs> i get a 19 dollars splint i wear it on my hand for six weeks no issues. Yeah. I've since done everything under the sun Including that you could possibly do. Including getting to a do. fight. Yeah. yeah. Did Emma, my grip strength was fine. I yeah. did jujitsu. I've worked, typed, and that dude was going to- You know, too, he was gonna make that, five that when he cut you and saw that it was partially torn, 
he would have continued the surgery. I've Oh, he would have just cut it, I think. Yeah, because, because well, so we he got to take it out. He would have taken the healthy ligament from my left. Cuz what's he going to do? Admit that he put you under anesthesia? He would have taken the, I based real, on a no, positive. He would have no, taken the ligament yeah. from my healthy hand, then opened up my unhealthy hand, seen the partial tear and gone, oh, this is probably going to rip." Cut it and said because you do you nothing. have you have yeah. to cut it to put the new yep ligament in. Ugh. So he just would have cut. Oh, scrape that out. That was going to break anyway. I don't think he would have lost a moment of sleep over it. No, and and this is when you're paid for this kind of stuff. This is what is. There's no accountability because there's like not a lot of people that are in the room with you to see. Nobody knows the difference. You can't always tell. It's it's. There's a high degree of asymmetrical knowledge so the customer can't see what yeah. what they're getting i think that it creates a scenario where this is not only bound to happen who knows how often it occurs but it's gotta be that's what happens when there's yeah. no accountability and financial incentive and asymmetrical well, there's knowledge. no reward for not there's no reward for non-surgical how much did your doctor make one at one mri that's it. He yeah. sent you on your merry way. No, I, I actually have heard someone was suggesting something I like, which is you you create an insurance system that rewards wellness instead of procedures. Yep. So, for instance, let's say that a sur- hand surgery would cost ten grand, but the doctor doesn't get it at all because he's got to pay anesthesia people. He's got to run a hospital room. If that doctor instead correctly diagnoses <clears throat> a partial tear and sends you to a physical therapist, there would be some sort of reward for getting that right. And then the flip side is if how do you were, know what's right is tough to say. Well, though. the flip side is if it were wrong, then you go. But you well, you know, you know if the hand you get the MRI, you see if it heals in six weeks. But he wasn't going to get you an MRI. Well, you would say you have to in this new system. You you'd say you need to. You don't want to tie people's hands too much and tell them because then you got to put everything through a protocol, and obviously you'd yeah, like your I don't doctor know. to have. It's tough. What you need. How do you get people to do the right thing? Well, one, I think you set up a system that doesn't put them alone in the dark with financial incentives. That's mm. that's one thing that you have to do. You have the person who – you have eyes on people. And what they say in business is the person who collects the money isn't the person who does the books. <laughs> you got to keep them separate. And, yeah, I guess education. I guess ethical – what is even ethical training? That should occur by the time that you're 18. If you have to yeah, go yeah. to ethics in college, it's a little bit late. It's still a great yeah, class. Unfortunately, we only know the yeah. – we only can identify the problems and we don't yeah. have the solutions necessarily. Yeah. But I love saying who knows. Who knows? <laughs> I no, think I've said no, that, that a dozen times That one was crazy. I remember with my hand just being like, I can't believe this guy was going to take – I am positive that the ligament in my left hand needs to be there. You yeah. know, like I'm sure it's You've not got an extra. I'm sure it's not doing nothing. Yeah. He was going to take, he was going to operate on both hands. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's no bueno. I think I got got on my, when I broke my nose, I think the guy upsold me a couple things that I didn't necessarily he need. I told you this. No, yeah. I think I did need to get it put back. Uh huh. But he was like, he's like, yeah, we got to put it back. It's broken. But, uh, you know, I think also you've got a deviated septum. And so what we're going to have to do is cut it out and this and that. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, like do the breathe, like breathe like this, cover your nostrils. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's hard to breathe. My nose is super swollen. I yeah. just, it just got broken. Uh, and, but he's like so confident and that and again, highly regarded Los Angeles, uh, surgeon, very good reputation. Seems like a good guy when you meet him and you're just like, I don't, I don't know. Another thing that's weird about your nose is you kind of have to operate on it either immediately or six months later, because yeah. it's either complete mush or it starts to harden. And so you're like, oh, I don't know. We got to do this now or we got to do it in seven months. Like, all right, we'll do it. All right, well, we're going to put it back in place. How do you feel about getting the deviated septum fixed? I'm like, I'm already going to be under. You say I need it. It's your job to tell me what I need. All right, yeah, I guess. And what he didn't mention is the recovery for, I had a, 
I forget the closed reduction is what it's called, but basically my nose was broken, caved in. They put a literally like a screwdriver in, they pop it back in place. The recovery for that is you chill. Really? Yes. The deviated That's septum. That's why you were so messed up. The deviated septum requires you to cut stuff and then you stitch it. And so That's was, why you were so I messed was up. Bleeding for two. So weeks. for those of you who are just watching, Ben was. I was bleeding out of my face for two weeks. It was horrible. And and was just yeah messed up to a surgery that when you told me you're like I think I just kind of hang out. The closed reduction, the popping the nose back in place. They can even do with local anesthesia. I think they just knock you out now because Ooh, they don't want you to. Uh, that's a shady, shady thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they do knock you out for it because they don't. No, want you I to, just like, mean move, this. The, the, the upsell to the thing with the way worse recovery that I might not have needed. That wasn't really told to, that the, the severity of it was not made. Oh yeah, dude, that'd be an easy surgery. Yeah. And the closed reduction is an easy surgery. Easy for you, maybe. Cut, yeah, the DVD. <laughs> You're doing the cutting. That's yeah. Now, oh, you got these stitches. You got to put this gauze. You got to yeah, bleed you it out your up, face. Man. Yeah, it sucked. And afterwards, I was like, what? I watch. I researched this. This isn't what happens when you do a close That's reduction. Not good. Yeah. That's no point. He no. didn't mention that part. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if there's a lesson there other than just be careful. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. That's the best thing that. Always get a second. Dude, my grandpa, when he was in his 40s, was told he was going to die of a heart attack and there was nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. And he got a second opinion. They said the same thing. Third opinion. I forget what number, but at some point they're like, well, we have this experimental thing we could try, which is what they do now to everyone. It's like an angioplasty or something. Mm-hmm. And everyone else was not saying, oh yeah, you might recover. They're just like, you're going to die. Get your affairs in order. You got a month. And he found a fourth opinion. And they said, well, we could try this thing. I'm going to his 80th birthday. Yeah. Like, yeah, get a second opinion. I think the other thing is that human health is such a massive, massive topic. Mm-hmm. There's wellness. There's there's surgery, which is, you'll see a surgeon that that is not healthy, right? That, yeah, that yeah, might yeah, be really over, good at cutting, but, but who doesn't have anything to say of value For about wellness or, yeah. or nutrition and and we often think of doctors as people who know what is good for you sure of course and they know typically which it, the best doctors will know a lot about a small area because mm-hmm. to know a, a lot about everything is impossible perhaps impossible mm-hmm. so that's the other thing is you ask a doctor and you think they know but they only know how to do what they know mm-hmm. how to do there's other different modalities and things so get a second opinion but sometimes you even got to change the modality yeah for sure so yeah it's i read an interesting book there's this guy we're going to talk forever today i guess ivan illich who wrote one of the better books for me it's called Deschooling education and it really persuaded me on the college thing it's all about how people conflate education with school and that's a really mm-hmm. big mistake and that school is a factorization of education and mm-hmm. that that persuaded me but he wrote one on healthcare as well that is that i read and it's about one of the core arguments is that our health is something that we, if we pay attention, we, we should be so intimately aware of. In terms of metrics, we should be aware of how our body feels. We should be, and that's not to say that you can only take that. Sometimes mm. you might be in danger of a heart attack or a stroke and you, you need to be addressed. But in relying on doctors so much and technology generally, we've become disconnected from the own indicators of our health and the mm-hmm. own things that would make us feel better. And so we go in for back surgery when instead we could pay attention to what makes our, our back feel good and realize, oh, when I lay like this for seven minutes yeah, yeah, a day, yeah. that actually really is a massive well, impact. Dude, there's a, so I, I am not saying that it's accurate because I'm in the early stages of reading it. But there is a book that purports that a large majority of back is caused by this thing called TMS, which is mm-hmm. tension-based, 
which is caused by your brain and your emotional stuff. Yes, Jess had this. This is the book she read. Uh, and people will think that it's a, a herniated disc, a slip this, a that, whatever. And that actually this person and his testimonials claim that after like a month of – I haven't gotten to the – unfortunately, the cure yet. Read, but of a month of it's uh, just con- it's, it's mental convincing yourself that it's in your head. Yeah. That people who were in crippling back pain couldn't walk, had to sleep a certain way, yeah. couldn't go to work, they are recovered with mm-hmm. no surgery. Mm-hmm. And it's early innings, so I don't know. But um, I read that book. It's very fascinating to me because I think there is a lot of mind-body connection. I think we do live in a very stressed, repressed society. Yep. And – I would have, in a younger age, just been all about the surgery. Love doctors, mm-hmm. love surgeons, love medicine. I'm down to be a cyborg. Like, <laughs> let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm starting to come around to this idea that, okay, my back pain might be something that I can actually heal without anybody's help except for my own and some guidance, some books, some, some guidance. guidance. Yeah. yeah. I, I did read that book, and I forget the exact thing, but it's essentially a brain just telling yourself that it's in your head for, for a long time, which is... All the, I would love to apply science to these newer. Well, he's a doctor, he's, so he's I just need a, a double-blind study. Sure. That's all that I mean. I'm just saying this is not a guy that went to Tibet. Can you double-blind that? I guess you can't really because you can't make people think they've gotten surgery. But so to 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 study that sure. would be and and to get numbers would be fascinating. Anyway, is that it for topics? Yes. Did you That's want to go to one. questions? Fan questions. All right. So there's a lot. So I think I'm just going to sort I of pick... have people call in one day. Let's do that. In the yeah. Next I... time. Wow. We'll just tell him we're going to call you between these hours if you've been selected. We'll have a, we'll have an application for him. And we'll say we're going to. You want them you. to post their phone number on a no no on no a we, comment? no. We will have a Google form that okay. says if you'd like to be part of it, leave this. If you are accepted, we will let you know a day in advance. I love say, it. Be around. I love it. Yeah. All right. So, so for I everyone do have... watching, we're going to have a form up mm-hmm. in the description, mm-hmm. and in addition to posting your mm-hmm. comment. Right Maybe in not in the description. Maybe next week. We'll, we gotta, we'll, we'll, we'll work figure out a system. Yeah. And then we got to figure out how to get them on microphone and all that. We, we have to work through this. I think we just do. I think I just call them and then just go. <laughs> just go speakerphone. That's V1, right? Yeah. V1's got to be just like someone calls me on speakerphone. And just go. All right. You're on the mic. Don't you want to not give away your number? <laughs> I'll block it. Okay. I'll block cool. it before I call. Let's do it. Questions. Uh, Actually, wh- you know what? Fuck it. Let's give everyone my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? I like friends. Tariq asks, if you had to teach someone just one charisma on command lesson, what would it be? What do you think the most essential part of being charismatic is? Oh, it's funny. We talked about this. <laughs> do you want to do it? Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Well, it's kind of different. You go ahead. Well, we did it last week and we didn't. So the, the most essential part, you don't have to do this. It is your enthusiasm and your energy that you come in. Even with Keanu Reeves, who we, who we did a video on, who is introverted, who has a different kind one of the things that connects people to him is his passion and enthusiasm for the things that he's passionate and enthusiastic about. And Mm -hmm. when he gets into it, it's very exciting to be part of. You don't have to be Will Smith. You don't have to walk in every single room and don't have to do that. You do have to care. (laughs) The number one, I think the number one thing that makes someone charismatic is the emotions you create in other people, right? Yes. People want to be around other people that make them feel good. Mm-hmm. So there are people who are charming and sarcastic, but it is harder. It's harder to be negative while making the people around you feel good. So mm-hmm. I think being positive and fun and upbeat tends to create good emotions in the people around you because now you're someone who uplifts their mood. And that's for for basic, basic charisma. It's just about 
what emotions do you create in the people around you? People want to feel good. Boom. Unless you're trying to convince them to do something and then maybe you make them feel bad. Then make them sad. <laughs> you go, this horrible thing is happening. <laughs> you turn the night. But yeah, charisma is just the emotions you make other people feel. Okay, cool. There you go, Tree. I like your name, by the way. So Gavin asks pretty simply. Two good names. <laughs> Charlie, why do you not believe in free will? Oh. <laughs> so the Sam Harris book is what convinced me. It's called Free Will. And there's a number of ways that you can look at it. I'll take some of them now. So you can look at it from the level of the brain. And I don't totally understand the studies that they're doing, but they are finding at a high level, read the book for a greater exploration of this, that when you think you make a decision, you're deciding whether you hit one button or another button, your brain is actually already indicated. So when you become aware of a decision having been made and the process that you think is actually causing the decision is almost just an echo of something that has happened sometimes seconds, not milliseconds, seconds earlier. And they, they can predict before you know which way you will go. There could, of course, be errors in this test, which, which break it. The other thing is that we're all made up of the same soup that was been around since the beginning of the beginning. Mm -hmm. If you hit it, if you think of the universe as a billiards table and you, you bang one atom off of the other, you can predict the direction that it will go. Now things have gotten infinitely more complex beyond just two atoms banging, but we are still conglomerations of atoms and molecules banging. So if you could have identified where the molecules inside my body, my torso, my mind, and my mouth were a million years ago, and you had the most powerful calculator computer and you could run it all, you would know where they are going to be at any given point in the future. Yeah, what you're saying is, assuming the Big Bang is accurate, that when the Big Bang... Even if there's not a Big Bang. Well, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, when the Big Bang occurred, to you saying that sentence, it couldn't have played out any other way, is how you feel. Uh, yes, it couldn't have played out any other way. And then yet another way to think about it is if you go to your own experience. And this may be the most persuasive, which is... At a high level, when you zoom out, it feels like you're making decisions. I feel like I'm going to get the chicken or the pork or the this, and I'm debating in my head. But if you, what are the things that influence that decision? Let's, so it's the thoughts that are going on. Well, when you look at your thoughts, am I creating my thoughts? Well, it's actually the preceding thought that prompts the next thought. What thought will I have next is preceded by a thought that influences that one. There's, there's not necessarily space for free will. When you look at the thoughts that you have, which prompt the actions that you take, there are genes, circumstances of your life, and preceding thoughts, which form a daisy chain. And as you sort of meditate and you look for where am I, like where is this, where is this me inside of this whole thing that would direct it in a new way, you don't find it. <laughs> And and then the way of which I conceive of the world is basically you're on a roller coaster ride in the dark. There are tracks there. And as you turn, your body moves. And because it's dark, you don't see the tracks and you begin to think that your banging is what's turning the roller coaster. And in fact, there are tracks. <laughs> and so what I think of my own life is I'm a, I'm a bystander on this ride. That's, I'm, I'm on the ride. I'm here. And here I am yep. and here everybody is my only thing and this is interesting because I don't think that you can apply this logic to everything but in this scenario the way I think about it is I don't know if I have free will or not 
but it does appear to be for me useful to live in a world where I have empathy for other people because I understand that they are largely a uh, uh, what they're doing is created by their circumstances. So, when, mm -hmm. you know, when I got robbed in Brazil at gunpoint by a 15 year old, I don't go, that's an evil soul. Yeah. I go, oh, yeah, that kid was born in a terrible environment. Yeah. He's got no money. He, this is also how the people around him have told him to survive. And so he robs me. Yeah, take my phone. Like, this is, you're not a bad person. So that determinist view is helpful for empathy. Well, that's not determinist because you're still saying that he had a choice in the moment to, ro like, rob or not rob. Was well, what I'm saying is let's just pretend that I'll apply determinism. I'll just go, yeah, of course he had to rob me, whatever. I'm not going to be mm -hmm. mad at him, though. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be upset with this 15 year old kid yeah but for myself it feels like i'm better off acting as if i have free will because if i'm on the roller coaster ride whatever it's kind of like a weird like um like a pascal's wager-esque thing like mm -hmm. if i'm on the roller coaster ride then fine i was wrong i didn't have free will but i feel good by feeling like i should try to be my best self. I should try to follow the golden rule. I should mm -hmm. try to do right by people. I should try to do good deeds. And when I do a good deed, I feel good about it instead of just going, oh yeah, like that's just, that was my programming. You yeah. know, I donated because of my programming. Mm -hmm. So I fall in this weird category where I get the logic of what you're saying. I have, I'm not gonna, I don't know well enough to be able to poke holes in it. And yet for myself, it, it seems like it's, best for my experience if I live and think and believe as if I have free will when it comes to trying to mm -hmm. be my best self, do the right thing, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And and my day-to-day -day operation is largely, it feels like I'm making choices, mm -hmm. right? And I sit and I deliberate as far as I can tell, and I'm not always zoomed out in that there is no free will. So that that is sure. often my experience. I agree. Experience. I see it. I watch you. You try to do the right thing and help people. And so you do, you don't which, live which, as if. To which, which, well, I I can't live any other way. Exactly. Yes. Well, I'm just hoping, that, live, I'm just hoping that this segment doesn't convince people to try to mail it in because there's no. nothing they can do to control think, their destiny. I actually think it's a hopeful message. I know what that sounds crazy, but it, it certainly allows for more empathy, as you described. Yes. That's been the number one takeaway for me from this. For me, it allows for forgiveness. Because even if you don't believe in the extreme determinism, which I've, the hard determinism, which I've described, what you can have is you were trying your best. You were trying your you best. Self -forgiveness. Self -forgiveness. Like, listen, you screwed up. You did this thing. Mm -hmm. You committed this crime. You what else were you going to do when thing. you were 20 years yeah. old and you were sad and no one had, and, and yes, they taught you, but it hadn't sunk in obviously. And you were trying your best. And, and I agree with that too. I mm -hmm. think it's, it's a useful thing for self forgiveness in the past to be able to go, but forward looking, it's and useful. forward looking. You still try, you go, listen, I'm going to try to do my best. I'm going to, I'm going to, act as if I have free will and I'm going to try to deliberate and make good decisions and yeah. be a good impact to my neighbors. And sure. I'm going to act as if I don't have free will and do all those same things. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Like, sure. <laughs> I, I just don't want people to feel like, Oh, I might as well just mail Let it. Me in mail it in. I'm just a billiard ball. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. So I'm not going to try hard. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to learn. I'm not going to, I'm just going to billiard ball away. And if it's you like, feel well, like if not... that, if that upsets you and you feel like a billiard ball, I would recommend you read the book. Sure. And I'm just saying that's not the takeaway of this. That's mm -hmm. not the takeaway of determinism. No, like, still, Try to do your best and be excellent in all the ways that you want to be. Yes. I actually think that, that it can even connect to a, a spirituality that goes deeper, which we won't talk about maybe if someone asks another question. But it's not a despondent or pessimistic viewpoint if you fully explore it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm, I'm kind of a nihilist, but I feel the same way. I feel mm -hmm. like nihilism is often portrayed as depressing. There's no meaning when, mm -hmm. in fact, it can be a very positive, uplifting belief. Existentialist, yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, okay, so... 
create what you want. Now you get to create your own meeting. Yep. Because there is, you're going to assign meeting anyway. Yeah. Very existential. Yeah, for sure. So what is it? Beam proceeds. I forget. It's been too long since I read it. So <laughs> good question, Gavin. Thanks, so Gavin. I have several more. Should I just pick one and then? No, whatever. No, man. We got time. Okay. Awesome. You just, get to cut all the bad yeah, ones. Yeah, just chop it up so it's interesting. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So. Dylan asks, and this was actually my favorite question when I Dylan, when I was Dylan, reading it. Dylan. Five greatest rappers. <laughs> uh, Dylan asks, how would you guys go about handling a friend that has severe little man syndrome? He's very closed-minded and will often put down and insult others to build himself up. Mm. Calling out his bad behavior is difficult because in his eyes, he is doing no wrong. He is just being, quote-unquote, honest. How can I bring up this issue without him, uh, or how can I bring up this issue without appearing like a sensitive snowflake, quote unquote. Sure. Um, Bro, if I knew the answer to this question, I got a, I have a little man that was in my life for a while. It was a total pain in the ass. So I don't know the answer to this question. I'll try. I'll try and you can, I'm sure, add some color. So I think if I had to tell you one thing, it would be clearly bringing it up in a group is not going to be useful. Yeah. So you're going to want to bring it up on a one. All right, we've narrowed it down a bit. When you do it, I'd say, hey, there's something that I've been thinking about. You know, there's an Elliot Hulse video where he talks about you open him up in the pre-speech. There's something that I've been thinking about. I want to tell you. I don't know how to say it. And he wants to hear. <laughs> right? So I think and, – and, and where you come from is very important. If you come from it from a I don't like it, I want you to change, it's a pain in my butt, you can still do that. If that's the truth, you can tell him your truth. If you're coming from it as – I want to tell you what people are saying about you that you're not hearing. That now feels like you've got a little bit more on my back. I mm -hmm. don't like it still, but if you're like, look, man, you're not going to like hearing this, but there's a group consensus that's happening, and you don't have to change if you don't want to, but I, I like you, and I want you to know this so that if down the line these people begin to not – spend the time with you or whatever that you know and that you can make up the decision ultimately whether you want to adjust or just allow them to move away from you mm -hmm. and and share with him and then talk to him as his friend and he's going to work through it and probably hate them and think fuck them fuck them this that don't take a side for as long as you can and as and then when he if he asks you or towards the end when when you've really established that this is for his benefit if he asks for your opinion go look I got to be honest with you. I agree with him, but I am here to tell you because I do care about you, and I and I see that it doesn't come from an evil place, and mm -hmm. I see that it doesn't, you know, in that. But I do think, as a behavior, it's not serving you very well. Mm -hmm. So that's my high level. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. I think the other thing, and this is kind of what I opted to do, honestly, <laughs> is uh, you can't change everyone. Yeah, but you can filter who's in your life. So this was a friend of mine in my fraternity. And at one point, I hated him. And uh, I just didn't spend any time with him. Instead, I made a different group of friends that were awesome. Mm -hmm. And life eventually softened him because I think he got this feedback in a number Someone of ways. Else. Yeah, because yeah. if you're a dick, even if people don't say it in that loving way, it's gonna you're going to see people growing apart from you. You're yeah. not going to be the most popular guy necessarily. Uh, you might accidentally stumble into other ways of being and then see people do react better. So that's what happened. This guy, I actually quite like this guy right now. Yeah. But when he was 19 and I was 19, I couldn't stand him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just opted to filter. I think your thing is great. I was not very charismatic at 19. And what I decided to do was just 
make friends with really positive, cool people that I like. That's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong it with served that. me great. Yeah. It was great. I spent as little time with him as possible. And it was wonderful. And those guys liked me more than him. So if he were shit on me, they would just get my back or we'd leave. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, cool. Look, we don't need this. We don't need a hateful person in our lives. Yeah. Thanks, Dylan. Good questions Great today, questions, guys. guys. We're just going to cut the whole podcast. <laughs> it's just going to be Q&A. Um, so, Majora's Mask Mailman. Oh, yes. Majora's is, Mask. Um, who was the mailman in Majora's Mask? I'll have to look this up. Yeah, that reference was lost on me. Me too. I have no idea what we're talking about. There was a crazy mailman. I think he was a loopy guy, if I remember. What God, is Majora's Mask? It's a Zelda game. I mean, it's uh, been we're coming on maybe 20 years since I played it, so... Go ahead, though. Well, that's their username, Majora's Mask Mailman, um, said, could you guys talk about how to build a new network when moving to a new city? I'm 22, have just graduated college, and am moving for work. I have a few friends from college already living in the city, and people from work seem cool from my experience at the job interview, but I want to have a big network again like I did, or like the one I developed in college. Mm. Um, is, is the way to do this just to host events and ask people to bring friends that I don't already know? It's a good question. One, you made a video on this, right? I did. I did. It's it, the, the the big thing is there's if you think of a wheel, there's the hub and there's the spokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you, and you said it. Let's link to this video in the description sure. too for the full thing. Be be the hub. Set up the events. Create the things. I mean, you said it. You can have dinners where every friend brings a new person. Our to buddy the in LA is doing this very well. He throws beach beach day parties. It doesn't yeah. have to be a dinner. It could be a, a day activity. It yeah. can be whatever you like. But yeah, hosting events is good. I would also and say he hosts dinner. We're thinking of the same guy. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he hosts dinners and he brings several different groups and you can bring. You could tell them, bring one cool person that you like. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I would say is go to everything you're invited to. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody invites you out. So you have a friend from work and you like him or her and they invite you out to an event. Go because they are probably going to have friends that you also like. Mm -hmm. And so then now like you can turn that one work friend into five friends. And yep. if you do that with everybody in this new city that you like, you're not going to like everyone. Yeah. But that's a really these people who have lived there for a while already have their network. Yeah. So rather than going one at a time and adding people you like but not meeting anyone that they know, just hop in. This is what my sister did when she moved to LA for the first time. Mm -hmm. She had a roommate from Craigslist. They got along really well. She met all her friends. That's 17 people that yeah. she gets along with. Then she's at work and she makes some work friends and now so all of a sudden, you know, two work friends and one roommate can become 30 friends. Yeah. If you're going to their stuff and connecting with their friends. Yeah. The I also you mentioned that you wanted to have the college feeling that you in a city. I don't know what you're referring to about college, but I would suggest that that's likely to be hard. I think of what it was like to be in college where it's we all have class together, which is like it's like if we all went to work in the same building <laughs> and then yeah, you're physically constrained then, a lot of times and then in you're, college too. And, and there's also an understanding, which is it's a closed social circle. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy. Oh, what major do you have? And you've got to be polite because you might bump into this person versus when we were in New York you might never see most of the people you walk past ever again. No, but I did have like 30 friends in New York. Sure, and that's totally – and if that's what you're looking for, just a lot of friends, follow that that piece of advice. But I don't know that you're ever going to get to the same level of this is – I know everyone in this town that, that, no, that you get. certainly not if you're in a big city. <laughs> yeah, that you get. Yeah, it depends in. what you're – I assumed what he was just have a lot for of was a lot of friends. Yeah. But yeah, you're done. I mean, L.A.'s got so many people. Mm, yeah. You know. Thank you. Thank you for the question. And then the last one, I'm not actually sure who this is addressing, but it seems like they're talking to one of you in specific. But Sebastian asks, Sebastian, why good names, strong, <laughs> good names, good questions. Good job, Angel. Thank you. Uh, Sebastian asks, why have you said you don't want children? 
What happens when you're old and who will take care of you? Do you think this perspective will change? I have an initial reaction, which is... This is directed to you. I've never said this. I didn't say I didn't want kids. I say it on every... I know. You made fun of me because You're the one that's just like, (laughs) families are for losers. Families are not for losers. Families are for people that don't have dreams. That's not what I say. Just say it's an option. So I think... This is clearly directed at you, Charlie. It's very interesting. One of the most common reasons that for, for history that people had children was to have someone to take care of them when they were older and yeah. to tend the farm while they were growing up. I mean, it was, it was hands. Makes sense. Uh, I, I would suggest in today's day and age that is not a good reason to have children. Why not, is that? Well, not only because you're going in hoping to get something out of a relationship yes. that needs to be based on completely giving mm-hmm. for, let's just, the first several years if by several you mean 10 to 18 no no i I think i really think in general you shouldn't have kids if your goal is to get something from it besides the opportunity to the opportunity to love yep the opportunity to love should be they might take care of you but i would real that's a really big investment of time and money and not every kid takes care of every parent and i think in general don't go into a relationship expecting anything back that is a contract that this kid did not sign up for when they were born Mm -hmm. they did not get a vote and they did not agree to that so Uh, there's a number of reasons to have kids because well, you love kids because you want to raise a kid. If you want someone to take care of when you were old, there's a lot of effective ways to do that today is the other thing. Mm-hmm. There are tons of care. There's there's tons of ways to maintain a social circle well into your later years. And it's considerably cheaper. So if you're coming into this and, and a primary reason, certainly not the only, but if a big one is I'm afraid of being old and alone, really really reconsider whether that that's not a good reason to have kids Mm -hmm. you do not need to be old and alone you do not need to there's you can there will be apps if there aren't already for home care you can also still have a life partner you can still have great friends you can you don't adopt yeah uh you could do big brother and just form relationships with somebody else who's Mm -hmm. younger than you so that's the first thing Um, is is that objection to not having children i think is needs to be examined deeply because i think you'll be disappointed with children if that's a large reason that one has one mm-hmm. the second is why don't you want to have children sure i mean at the highest level i'm open to this changing i don't enjoy being around children which i think is a very good fundamental reason not to have them mm-hmm. when i am around somebody at a restaurant and they have a dog <laughs> i am so excited yeah i go oh my god can i pet your dog when i'm in a restaurant and there is a one-year-old next to me i mostly go I wish I were sitting somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And even when I meet, there was a kid children. on the plane that was just having a hard time. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was going for I've it. I've heard it's really hard. <laughs> I've heard it's really hard being a parent. Dude, on my a plane. heart, my heart it's like, goes out to them. What am I going to do? I'm not yeah. going to. I can't kill him. He won't listen to me. I, I, there's no muffling this. I, I want. I like that you say I can't kill him. Like no, well, I've, I've heard from parents that are like people look at me like I'm a dick, and like it's just that's like an option. What am I gonna do? There's yeah. nothing I can do. No, it's, no I don't. And I, you see the pain on their face. We're all on the same team. I yeah. also don't want my child to be crying. I'm closest. Like, it's yeah, like yeah, I get yeah. it. He's screaming loudest in my ear. So yeah, no. So why don't I do it? I mean, truthfully, that's it. It's it's because right now I don't imagine when I imagine having a child right now, it's not fun, positive thing that i look forward to mm-hmm. if that i'm open to that changing i've changed yeah. a lot in the last 10 years from 21 to 31 maybe at some point i go you know it would be really amazing spending my time raising a kid mm-hmm. and being around a child but right now that's not how i feel and so the only reason literally the only reasons i would do it at this moment in my life would be fear that it's a mistake not to fear of growing old alone or some sort of uncomfortableness with 
that I like feeling like I should be having them. Yeah. But there's no carrot. And so that's not how I like to make decisions. So yep. I, I think you hit you hit the nail on the head at the end there, which is there's a lot of bad reasons to have children. A lot of bad reasons. And they, they in common, what most bad decisions have in common is they're based on fear, which is I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of being left out. I'm afraid I will have regret missed this. this opportunity. I'm afraid I'll regret. If you don't really want to, mm-hmm. you're not doing yourself or anyone else a favor. Or the kid. It's not a good, I mean, yeah. that's not a great reason to be brought into existence either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's people that I know that should definitely have kids because they're so ready to just embrace and love and there's a and, carrot for them yes in the carrot stick motivation of pain pleasure they're they are super excited for the literal moments mm-hmm. of raising that kid of having it poop its pants <laughs> yeah, and being there yeah, for yeah, it yeah and i might feel that way one day yeah but there's also but, I was, there's also people that i know that had them because their spouse wanted to or it was an accident it was well and some of them have come around but uh, the the ones that yeah the spouse wanted me to didn't turn out so good <laughs> and sometimes yeah. it does to be clear yeah. there are accidental kids and the parents would say this is the greatest thing that ever, ever happened, happened to me. Yeah. and they would mean it mm-hmm. i am this is only a prescription for myself this yeah. is not this is actually not a philosophy that i try to push on other people mm-hmm. i just don't get excited at the prospect of having them right now yeah, i, I quite like my life without them it's fair enough and it might change yeah, I'm like I said, 21 to 31 was a huge shift in a lot of life values and goals. So I literally don't even hold myself to this being a thing I have to feel forever. If we do this podcast long enough, maybe Ben will have a kid on it. <laughs> if we do this podcast for another four weeks, I will have a puppy on the podcast. I think we're done. Is that it? That's all I have for you guys this week. Thanks, uh, Angel. You killed it. Thank you, Angel. Thank you. Thanks. Everyone thanks, Angel. So do we have an outro? I don't know. Thanks for watching. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) All right. We're done. It's a great outro.